School in Brief, the only podcast narrating all three years of law school in real time without the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did that not sound genuine? I, so I yeah. meant it to sound genuine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let me try again. Yeah. There we go. There we go. There okay. we go. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, as you can tell, I've been listening to a lot of You're Wrong About. Um, Such a good podcast. Yeah, off your recommendation. And I, wow, I think I've almost listened to every single episode that they've produced so far. Like when I Me too, I can't stop listening. Yes. It's blowing same. my mind. And actually, I had, I did not realize this. But um, I had been listening to Michael Hobbs, who's one of the hosts of You're Wrong About. I'd been listening to his other podcast, Maintenance Phase. Um, nice. And I'm like, when I when I started listening to You're Wrong About, I'm like, this guy sounds so familiar. And then I realized they're all kind of <laughs> in the same constellation of podcasts. So, yes. Yeah, that's just some good content. It really is. Um. Good to hear your voice. It's been a few weeks. No, yeah, we've both probably listened to the hosts of "You're Wrong About" more than each other. Yes. Oh. I think I've listened yeah. to the hosts of "You're Wrong About" more than any other human being in the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, but I've been listening to fun content as well. My internship is over, and I started listening to a lecture course on jurisprudence because I signed up for a jurisprudence seminar. It's available on pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, maybe other places too. And it's the Yale law professor for jurisprudence. So I was like, oh, I'll get get a head start. And it just made me angry because I really don't enjoy studying philosophy. So I don't know why I did that. And then I was like, no more for the rest of the summer. No more of this getting a head start. Just enjoy, Lydia, fucking enjoy your break. <laughs> Period. So I have been. <laughs> it's a great resolution. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. I also resist the impulse to like maximize my break time yeah. by like turning yeah. it into exactly what a break is not. <laughs> right. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder if that will make us good lawyers or if like one day we're going to wake up in our 40s and we're just going to be like looking like we're in our 60s, like burnt out just messes no no we're too fun we're too fun for that you're right you're too fun for that. I don't know about me but you're definitely too fun for that of the two of us you're the one who has like or had violet hair I think that <laughs> is the textbook definition of fun oh thanks Megan oh you're welcome I'm violet hair makes me up. think of Megan Rapinoe, which makes me think of the Olympics. Have you been watching the Olympics? That's that's one of my highs. Not to start with highs and ruin everything, but wow, the Olympics is the best. I have not been watching the Olympics at all. Again! Highlights on Instagram um, and the lowlights, which it seems that this Olympic Games has been kind of riddled with lowlights, I would say. Oh, I've been watching great highlights, so... I guess I don't know much about the lowlights. It's just like all the stuff leading up to the games about, you know, like Shakari Richardson not being able to compete because she oh, had weed yeah. in her system, like the natural hair swim caps being banned, yeah. like, just like bullshit like that. 
Yeah. Had me shaking my head at the Olympics. Though, who am I? I am like the ultimate couch critic. So I'm not going to say anything else about that. Well, I think it's fair to criticize those things. But um, yeah, the I've been watching sports that I've literally never watched before. And but from the couch, just like you're saying, my physical activity has not increased. Except for my pacing around New York. How was Hell. that? <laughs> Great transition. Seamless Thank transition. You. Chef's Thank kiss. Thank you, everyone. No um, yeah, I, so um, I guess we're going not in any kind of order. We'll get to highs and lows, but my one of my updates uh, is that I went to New York City. Uh, New York City, New York, I think it's called. Have you ever been there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lived there for a little while. I'm familiar. Yeah. Um, so I was staying with one of my friends from high school who's also a law student, Maddie. Shout out to Maddie. She hosted me in Brooklyn. And that was great. We didn't really talk about the law. We just caught up on life, which was great. And then I took a tour of the office that I had been working remotely for all summer so for the very last day of my internship, I actually went into the office for a tour that took maybe 15 minutes. And then the couple of associates who were there took us out to lunch across the street. Um, it was a tapas restaurant. And I've never actually had tapas because it's just, it, it just adds up so quickly, you know. I've, that shocks I've, me. You've never had tapas. I've I've had like I've like ordered a tapas plate while I'm drinking something else, but I've never just been like I'll have this 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 and share it with like eight people. Dim sum? You, know? you ever been to dim sum? Yeah, definitely, definitely done dim sum, but just not tapas. I I don't know. Like dim sum ends up being economical in a way that tapas like is doesn't. So well, it was my first yeah. experience, and. Um, it was just awesome. I really enjoyed it. They had oh, a lot of vegetarian options. How many and, um, other summer associates were there? Like, who are your coworkers going to be? Uh, it was so nice to meet my cohort of summer associates. I think it was a little less than half. Maybe, like, maybe there were like fifteen people there. Whoa, that's way more so than that's I a thought. Over, over half. I don't even know. I, I would have to like count it in my head. And then we went out afterwards, like just us summers, which was nice. Um, yeah, it just felt really, it felt surprisingly natural to chat with them. Um, I don't know why I had thought that it would feel really like different and awkward because we've been doing these Zoom hangouts like all summer and mm -hmm. it surprisingly was like a good kind of like taste of what people's personalities were actually like you know I, I expected zoom to really not be representative and of course you don't get as full of a an experience remotely but it still was like seemed like a representative experience I don't know how to describe what I'm saying um you know what I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> I'm following. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, I so, just, I, I guess here's a clarifying question. Since yeah. you all have been f 
familiar with one another via Zoom. Um, did you, when you met them in person, did you feel as though you'd, you'd all kind of already moved past the weird icebreaker get to know you phase and into something yeah. more substantive? Okay. Yeah, it was just easier to be like, hey, how's it going? Instead of, hi, I'm Lydia. Like, yeah, thank you. That is a good clarifying question. Because I had expected it to be still introductory. But like, right. I think we all just kind of like agreed that we had like moved past that. That's cool. And that, it could be the case that like the folks who've been living in New York all summer have been hanging out with each other. And so they were already on that level of familiarity. And I just got to like tack on to that. But um, in any case, it was, it was a great, beautiful office, great views of the city. Um, they have a cafeteria. I didn't get to see what kind of food they're serving because they're still remote. But that is just exciting to me. Um, do you know so, yeah, if you would be working in like a bullpen type situation or do you all have your own offices? So I, I think we're going to have either our own offices or sharing an office with just one person okay. um, in your first year. So that seems really doable. And we were all talking about how like it would be kind of nice to share your office with someone and get to like chat with them. Um, we say that now you know, <laughs> we'll see, but it's yeah, so funny it's, to me cool. how like it's easy to visualize. I'm seeing these parallels between being a first year associate and being like a freshman in undergrad, <laughs> you know, like the person that you're sharing an office with is the consummate dorm mate. Um, yeah. Yes. And, you know, for better or for worse, the two of you are slogging it out for this first year in uncomfortably close proximity during one of the most stressful and confusing times of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I think the parallels will continue. I'm not sure what they are yet, but we can do an episode on that whenever the time comes. I do like living vicariously through you. Because I just can't imagine I will have this same experience. I mean, I know I, I will. I'm not being in court. So, yeah. <laughs> <Ditto>. <laughs> right, right. That's so crazy to me. Like, how you could not have been in court ever. <laughs> well, I, I imagine I'll go to court sometime for a pro bono client. Like, like housing court or something. I imagine. But, yeah. Ah. Then I'll be calling you, be like, help me. Oh, and I will be answering that phone call. Though all of my wisdom will be coming straight from Wilkes County, North Carolina courts. <laughs> Not necessarily. That's, That's helpful. It's, I, it's something. It's something. I've learned yeah. so far in the summer, now that I only have three weeks left in my internship, mm. like, the the court that you're walking into there are certain things that all courts have but the majority of things are completely unique to that one location like the culture of that court mm -hmm. the culture okay of those attorneys that those judges it's all about like who you know and what you know about that person um Interesting. yeah procedures are different you know mm. people have to, their own preferences and yeah. the judges, law clerks seem to run the entire show. And like, you have to bend to, <laughs> you know, 
Tammy's Will or whatever. All the, all the women who work for the Wilkes County Courthouse all have E names like Wendy, oh, yes. Ellie, Tammy. Yes. And it's it, it's so noticeable to me. Like it's it's gotten to the point where I'm like, can I get a Veronica? Can I get a an Elizabeth? Is um, anyone else seeing this? Is it just me? Yeah. I right. <laughs> Exactly. It, it went in doubt, just mumble something and then ended with an uptick E and someone will respond to you. Perfect. Yeah. Three more weeks. Okay. It feels like an eternity. Oh. It feels like an eternity because I've been driving all over this state. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I was only doing it once or twice a week, it would be like, yeah, this isn't so bad. But I don't know if it's just like circumstances have put me in a position where I'm driving to Charlotte one day and then Wilkes the next day and then Boone the day after that. But it's a lot of That's driving. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. No wonder you've listened to so much year round about. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing but time. Sarah Marshall and Michael Hobbs have walked me through this summer. Aww. It's a sweet thing. Yeah. How much time do you have between the end of your internship and class? Um, my first day of class is August 30th. So I oh, have wow. okay. about a week. Oh, wait. No, me too. Really? Your first day yeah. of August 30th? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. So you have like a month off. Yeah, I have time. It's so nice. You and Brittany both. Brit- the last day of Brittany's summer thing was on Friday, and I'm so jealous of her. Oh. <laughs> Because we're both right now, we're both scheduled to take the MPRE next Wednesday. Mm. And neither of us have studied for it yet. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah. But I we both have taken professional good. responsibility. So it's not yeah. like we're like completely green. Yeah. Um, Billy's, the advice Billy heard was like, when you get a question about legal ethics, just think of the answer that seems like what like the average rational person would do and then take it like a step less ethical and that's like the baseline okay okay (laughs) okay that sounds about right I hear you I hear you yeah yeah um and you know I I am a, a rep for Themis but I did I am using Barbary as my free study tool um, wow. Are you allowed to say that on air? Should I edit that out? Themis. Are you- <laughs> uh, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I'm only doing that because my, my uncle Pat took the MPRE the last go around and he had rave reviews for Barbary. So nice. Yeah. It's so funny. He had to retake the MPRE because so he's licensed to practice law in Nevada and he recently got licensed to practice law in California. And yeah. when he was like, he was like, I've taken the MPRE. I just want to transfer my scores. And they were like, yeah, you, you took the MPRE so long ago. We no longer have like a record of your score. So you have oh. to take it. I know. I know. <laughs> so. I hate hearing that because it's like, I can't even tell myself once I take the bar, like, at least I'll never have to take a test ever again. Mm. Don't hold like, your breath. It seems like the end of our education, but it's probably not. I know. I know. I will I, say, oh, sorry. 
I was gonna I was gonna say I I heard some horror stories about people who took the bar this last week and mm-hmm. like you know exam soft crashing or freezing and just oh that's a nightmare. That's me next. Like I'm in the next round of people taking the bar. Whoa, whoa, Megan, whoa. Yeah, that's scary. That's scary. I don't like thinking about that. But that means my turn for coming up for the bar is coming up. It sure is. Ah! Well, I was just going to say that um, at least my interviews are over because I did get an offer from the law firm at the end of the summer and I accepted it. So I have a job. Thank you. Wow. So you're just, you're, you're gold. You're sitting pretty. You're done. My, my hope is to literally never interview again. If I get like selected from some organization or like important government entity to fill an important role, that's one thing, but I'm not just going to start throwing my resume out there, writing cover letters. I hope to never write a cover letter again. God, me too. Yeah. So piggybacking off of that big update, I have something that's a non-update update. update. A Um, non-update update? Non-update update. update. What you said about wanting to never interview ever again made me think of it. Um, (laughs) So if you'll indulge me for like a three-minute walk down a different conversational road, um, yeah. A few months ago, I was just Googling around uh, and I typed in feminist family law, North Carolina, and only one result popped up. And it was for this law firm in Durham called Two Families Law. Mm-hmm. And I looked at their website and the founder, um, I like pulled her name and I put it into LinkedIn. And what do you know? We have a mutual connection in one of the garage estate attorneys (laughs) and so I reached out to my garage attorney friend and I basically said what the garage what that means oh yes so so, um last year I was doing this thing where I was like trying to talk to one attorney every week. Um, and it was like either an attorney who was doing something different with their law degree than practicing law or an attorney who was practicing law and whose practice was solo or like they were doing something that I like really admired. Anyway, through like many of those conversations, I got referred to this woman named Heather Hazelwood, who has her own practice called Ampersand Law in Durham. Um, and we had like, oh, you know, a Skype session, we hit it off. And then, you know, she invited me to come out to Durham and be a witness for some of her will signings. And so that's something I do on a very occasional basis. Like I'll just go, oh, and I I should also specify at this time, it was like during the height of the pandemic. So, um, she like, wasn't going into any, any kind of office. So people were coming to her house, into her garage and like doing like a socially distant yes. <laughs> uh, will signing. Yeah. So it was pouring rain that one day and we were all in her garage and I met a few other attorneys and it was all good. And it was a great like networking moment for me. Um, anywho. So Heather is the garage attorney and 
she is had the mutual connection with the owner and founder of Two Families Law. Um, so I emailed Heather and I said, hey, I, I told her exactly what I just said to you, Lydia. I said, I was Googling feminist family law, North Carolina. This came up. I saw your mutual friend. Would you mind making an intro? And this was my first tip off, like, number one, why her name is Nicole. She's the Two Families Law um, mm-hmm. founder. I was like, this is tip number one that I figured Nicole's cool. Without responding to my email, Heather forwards the email that I wrote to her ah! and CCs Nicole on it and is like, hey, Nicole, meet Megan. Like, she's verifiably cool. Like, I've met her in real oh. life. Like, usually, you, you guys would probably get along. Like, I'll let you guys take it from here. So, when I was thinking about that later, I was like, if she, if Heather wasn't completely confident that Nicole and I would have a good conversation, she wouldn't have done that. So anyway, Nicole and I have like a, a one hour Skype sesh where I'm just like meeting her, asking her questions and the meeting goes really, really well. And like her practice is, is unique because she does pretty much exclusively divorce, but in a collaborative style. So in like the world of family law there is what's called collaborative law where the two parties who are seeking a divorce aren't necessarily like adversaries you know they're maybe just like two folks who were married and no longer want to be married and it's totally amicable and they're trying to avoid all the nastiness and court and blah 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 blah. like for example if someone's like hey i'm gay and yeah. the other person's like, okay, yeah, I support you. Okay. To- that, yeah, that's a great example. Something like that. Um, so they come, they would come to two families and they, they have a collaborative divorce where like everybody's sitting down at the same table and like just hashing it out. And it's not like a big screaming fight. It's like, okay, like let's, let's make one family too. Right. And it's not mm-hmm. going to be like this horrible, like, l- <laughs> like hellfire situation. So we're talking, talking, talking. And at the end of our conversation, she said, okay, here are two things I want you to take away from this. One is that collaborative law is alive and well in North Carolina, but there are very few attorneys who do it. Um, so it's actually like a pretty sought after thing. Um, and it's kind of really, neat. yeah. She was like, so, I would just assume that like it would be that there wouldn't be many attorneys because it wouldn't be very common that people would want that. Like, is I, it is it very I, common that people common. want to do this? Huh. I think it's more common than you would than you would imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, if for no other reason than like wanting to stay out of the courts. Right, right. You know, like, let's not right. throw fuel on this flame. Let's just try to, like, like, the whole thing is, like, you're staying out of court and we're just drawing up, like, these legally binding, essentially, contracts to get you all divorced and nobody ever has to go to court and air out their dirty laundry in front of a judge or whatever. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So that was takeaway number one, is that collaborative law, there's a big opening for that here. Number two was that she, and this is like what, what kind of like perked my ears up even more. She said, you know, we were thinking of expanding our practice into like doing these other specific things. And she named um, 
like creating surrogacy contracts for queer families, mm. like IVF contracts, um, legal name changes, uh, things like that. And yeah. I was like, oh, so like tapping into like more of like the queer community. And she said, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, wow. I'm thinking to myself, mm, I would be, I'm just like so uniquely qualified for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, okay, that like, that's, yeah, you know, that's something I would, I'll, I'll look into that. I'll, I'll research these things. So anywho, last week we were messaging back and forth a little bit and um, she asked if I wanted to come by the office, which is a really cool Victorian house in Durham. Like, it's just so but, cool. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like all woman run and like just cool vibe. Like when I when I met Nicole on on Zoom, she was wearing like just a t-shirt and she had her hair up in a bun and like cool earrings. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the vibe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big plush pink couch and her, her office is the living room of this house. So it's just cozy. Um, anyway, she invited me to come to two families. Uh, we set a date um, and it like the email I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically like a, like, let's feel out if we can make room for you at the law firm. And also, um, you know, would you be like, let's also talk about having you come in the fall and do training, like an onboarding kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe not onboarding. I'm being very careful with my words because this was not at all a job offer. But it still wasn't not a job right it's just it's like i like the door has been slightly opened and you know it's all subject to change it's a small firm there are only two attorneys and as far as i know like one or two paralegals um so you know this is the power of networking right you did that like that she might be making a job for you that like would not isn't even posted yeah totally you know and I was like oh you are such a badass (laughs) because I like googled this thing and I like happened to know a person because I had networked and I so anyway what you had said about never wanting to interview again I was just thinking like how awesome would it be (laughs) if I could like so great job there and like then not worry about the interviews and the cover letters and the like yes you know and on top of it I like if I were in her shoes I would look at me and think what an ideal candidate I know that she cares about this and that she's interested and she's not just throwing 50 cover letters to the wind and hoping something sticks because like I sought her out yeah exactly yeah so would you be doing any trust and estates planning or is that less of an interest now that you've done this internship this summer no I do I do really like the trust and estates I actually was working on a will just the other day um for a legal aid client from, nice. Based on the co- the conversations that I've had with Nicole, I asked her if they do trust and estate stuff there, and she said not really because we just refer all of that work to Heather, which is how they know each other. Oh, right. amazing! And I was like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Like you all like work together, and that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is so exciting. I mean, I, I I just want you to work with people who are like that, who are just good and vetted and uh right like certifiably cool good people yeah 
who also just aren't aren't like totally bought into you know the culture of law firms which I've actually been coming more around to like I'm like warming up to the idea oh Um, yeah I mean nothing like a Covington and Burling situation but like (laughs) join me they're hiring right now Okay, well, you know, Brittany, um, I forget the name of the firm she's been working at, but I saw her last weekend and she uh, had been working at like a personal injury law firm in Charlotte. And it seems to be from what I'm remembering, like midsize and she loves it. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And so I don't know, the Brittany stamp of approval carries some weight. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's like my high, my update, my my all of it. Hmm. That's a pretty big update. I mean, just keep us posted, and everyone listening, send good vibes, please. Who families? Amazing. Okay. <laughs> Sending out the vibes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, I feel the vibes. Have we talked about class registration for next semester? I oh, I mean, we definitely did, um, we did. when okay. I registered, but I don't think you you have not registered or the last we spoke, you hadn't registered. Oh, I hadn't. Okay. I have registered since then. And okay. that I will wrap this in to one of our updates. We had a listener write in under the name Avid Listener. And one question that they had for us was, a long time ago, Lydia said she has the secret for getting off a class waitlist. Are you willing to share? And I did share. I got to chat with Avid Listener. It was so great. Um, but obviously, I will not share that on air because of all of my classmates who I'm competing with for classes. But I actually don't know how to get off a class waitlist, but I know how. I know some tricks while you're registering to like get into the class in the first place. So um, if you need to write in, want to write in, you should. I will gladly share. But I, my, my tricks worked for me this time as well. I got into some very cool classes. This will be my first semester taking zero bar-related classes, just fun classes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I did look at a lot of, like, non-law school classes, too, and there were some interesting ones, but I just didn't have my shit together in time to like fill out the forms to take the, but there were some like, uh, it was like uh, female demons in Japanese literature or something. And I was like, well, I would like to, I mean, I would like to take that. That sounds incredible. Wait, as a law school class? No, no, no. Non-law school. Yeah. I was looking at, cause you're oh allowed to non law school classes. And I was like, uh, and there was like blacksmithing and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Anyways, my regi- my schedule is just boring law classes, but not as boring as they could be. Um, I am taking, oh, I think I complained on a previous episode about how a lot of non, like a lot of the classes that I was expecting are not available, like immigration law and like securities regulation and stuff. So I will be not taking. Available, like someone else, like people got in before you or they're just not. Being no, offered. no, they, like not being offered. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and no family law being offered, that kind of thing. Mm. So I really, there really weren't bar classes that I wanted to take that were there. So I am taking health law, 
um, landlord-tenant law, uh, the jurisprudence seminar I mentioned earlier, American legal history, and what is the other one? I'm forgetting. What is it? I'll look it up. You know, I'm also taking health law. Really? We're both taking health law at the same time? Yeah. Maybe Maybe I, like, kind of had that in the back of my mind when you were registering. I mean, when I was registering, if you had told me that. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, class schedule. Schedule. Oh, and the other one is employment discrimination. And the other one, I'm registered for the max now and I'll drop later, is like pre-trial practice and settlement. So like you practice like all the stuff you've actually been doing this summer. <laughs> and, like it's instead of like being a competitive version of like mock trial it's just like you just go through the motions of like writing out the things and having settlement negotiations and stuff but all the um all the professors like I really based it on like professors that people had recommended so employment discrimination I like that professor a lot American legal history like that professor have not had the professor for health law or jurisprudence but I've heard good things so I'm really excited about my upcoming semester Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, we're both taking health. I'm interested to see how it's different. Like what I want (laughs) to compare our syllabi side by side. Oh yeah. Me too. Cause I bet our professors have like different things that they're interested in. Totally. Totally. The other thing that avid listener brought up was um, tips and insights for OCI interviews, OCI meaning on-campus interviews. Um, so uh, that could be our theme for the podcast if we have interview tips after we've both just talked about how we hope to to never interview again. Um, <laughs> but oh man, many um, I'm I, I was ill prepared for this. If I had been given some, t- I might I might oh, be able to. It's well, okay. Say what I told them. Yes, please do. Um, so for those who don't know about the on-campus interview process, I know I talked about it in a previous episode, but basically like you, the first round of it after you've sent your applications to all these uh, firms and organizations is you'll get called for like a screener interview, which is about 20 minutes long. And it's just a conversation. Like you can talk about anything. They're not trying, they're not looking for you to impress them with like some legal knowledge. They're not going to like put you to a test about um, some element of the law. It's just, usually they'll go, they'll like ask you a couple questions about some like work experience and then they'll go to like your interests and hobbies section of your resume and talk about something on there. Um, they might ask you, like if you're applying for a position that's in a, a less popular legal market, um, let's just take Omaha um, because <laughs> okay. we both have good memories there. Uh, so I don't mean to say anything about uh, it being like 
unpopular, just that it's less active than other legal markets. They might say, like, why are you interested in Omaha? And they're asking that because they want you to, they're going to be investing a lot in you as a young professional, like a lot of training. And so if it's clear that you don't actually want to be in Omaha and that you might either not accept their job offer or like come for like a year or two and then leave, they'd probably prefer a different candidate. So um, those kind of questions can happen, but usually it's just like a, to see if there's like a personality fit, um, which is problematic in its own way. Uh, because people might like read different like cultural signals or neurodivergent signals as like not being a good quote unquote cultural fit. But um, if you get through that, you then can be called back for a much longer interview that's like half a day long where you're meeting with a lot of different people from the firm. So in terms of that first screener interview, I would just say, it's like my advice is really the same advice as anything you can find online because um, because I don't actually know what the hiring process is like on the other side. Like I might have gotten the job despite my <laughs> interviewing skills, not because of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so no, I'm sure that's well, not true. It's hard. It's hard to know. Like I don't. I, I don't. I. I. My inkling is that there's more ways to mess up than there are. Like, like if you just give an average kind of interview, but you have a great application, then that's like better than having a great application and like messing something up in the interview, like saying some faux pas or being really weird. Like <laughs> I think they're trying to like weed out negatives instead of like wanting you to wow them. That's my, that's my guess just so based on like. It kind of sounds like yeah. you could boil it all down to just like, be yourself, which is the worst, most yeah. infuriating answer ever, but could be true. Yeah, I, I think I think so. I mean, the the conversations I had with Covington were the ones where I felt like I was being most myself, and that was partially because the people interviewing me like had a really good vibe. <sighs> Hard to quantify. Yeah, but, just vibe uh, with them. You know, here's my advice: just you know, go in there, <laughs> you vibe, they vibe. You guys vibe together or you don't. You do a vibe yeah. check afterward. Maybe send them a little vibe. Thank you for emailing. Or <laughs> thank you for <laughs> and uh, then you have a job. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to me. Do not listen to me. I, I think you're, I think that's essentially right. Like, I think there are some things you can do to prepare um, so that like when you say them out loud, it sounds like flawless just vibing, but really it was something practiced. Like when someone says, tell me about yourself, you know, that's like, gosh, I'm like, where do I begin? It was the nineties. Oh. <laughs> um, and they're like, no, I just want to. Um, so I think having an answer to that and maybe like, just in case they ask you about your weaknesses, knowing what you're going to say, because you, do, you don't want to like stumble. Uh, often it doesn't really matter what your answer is to something. It just matters that you like 
can answer things in a way that like is like friendly and positive, you know, like if someone's like, what kind of movies do you like? You know, if they're trying to make small talk, just, Oh my God, just give them something, anything. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, did, didn't you, did you used to interview people? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. So, you know, from the other side, so like actually your advice is much better. I should stop talking. Well, from a lawyer, like, I don't know what a law firm is looking for. Um, but again, to kind of continue harping on the very annoying, just be yourself. It's so clear to me when somebody is putting on a facade. Um, and I think the the best thing you can do is just be your genuine self. Because even if I like disagree with something that you're saying, at least I know you're going to shoot straight with me. Um, and another thing that, um, that I like to remind myself and that anybody who's ever asked me for job interview tips, um, I I always say this is a, yes, they are interviewing you, but remember that you are also interviewing them. Um, like I get that you, you feel as the interviewee as though you have no power and that they are evaluating you almost like they're sitting up on like a throne and you're sitting like at their feet, just hoping that they let you (laughs) curl up at the foot of their throne or something, you know, but like, but really this is an opportunity for you to figure out if you like them too, because guess what? You are going to have to work with them. And so, yeah, it would be like sick to have a job. Everybody wants to have a a job, but at the end of the day, who you're in the trenches with and who you answer to that like makes or breaks a long-term job situation. So Mm. I don't know. That always helps me because it gives me agency back that I think people who are applying for jobs feel as though they've lost because they're doing a lot of like it. I'll speak, I'll speak for myself when I like just cast wide nets, hoping for jobs. It feels like I'm like begging like I just absolutely notice me. Someone noticed me. Like I'm good. I would be really good. I swear. Like what am I not saying? What are the magic yeah. words? You know. Yeah. But if you get that interview, it's ju- it's fifty fifty. It's just as much you figuring out if you like them as it is them figuring out if they like you. So walk in there with that attitude, because you know what you bring to the table. Like you are likely, you know, a fucking badass, and you would be a great asset. So. You know, if they're not treating you like you would be a great asset um, or if they're kind of belittling or whatever, you can feel that and just walk the other way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like knowing that that's part of the dynamic in terms of helping my confidence, even though the material reality for me was definitely like, I will do anything to get this job <laughs> like right, the right. reality is like I'm not gonna like say no to a firm like because the one person screening me like seemed kind of weird but um I think just like having that mentality because confidence is like very uh, attractive so I think if that if you're able to tell yourself that and be like yeah I need I need to be confident like I'm part of this then that's a positive. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I agree with what you were saying earlier about sending a vibe email, <laughs> a thank you email. Yeah. Oh, that's a big one too. Yeah. 
Which is just Actually, so exhausting because you're like going to all these interviews during, because like OCI is just like all the interviews at once and it's like all the emails. Maybe I'll say, like, do a handwritten thank you note rather than an email. And you could even have, if you, like, you can honestly write like a stockpile, like of 10 thank you cards. And then the minute you leave, you pop them in the mail. I mean, honestly, anytime I've gotten a handwritten card, thank you card from someone, that really stands out. That really, That's really. That's interesting. Like, I, I've done that once. And then by the time it reached them, they had already selected a candidate. So I was like, I'm never doing that again. It's too slow. Hmm. Like, I don't want them to think, wow, they didn't even send a thank you email. And then. And then, of course, they get the, like, handwritten note, but then it's, like, too late because they already had that, like, negative impression. That's my only fear. Well, you could always, if you're... You do both. I mean, this, is, this is, like, in the in the in in a post-COVID world, if that will ever be a thing again. Um, but, uh, you know, if you go for an in-person interview, you can always just drop the letters off, like, in the mailbox outside of the brick-and-mortar office, and then they're, like, sure like to arrive... Yeah. Yes, that is genius. Yeah, just a thought. You know, and like worst case scenario, they already picked someone else, but it's like, okay, well, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Because you're not going to see them again because you're not working for them. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much for writing in and chatting with me, avid listener. Yeah, and if you know any avid listeners want to write in to me. Um, <laughs> You can also <laughs> contact us at lawschoolandbrief.com. That's all. Just saying. Yeah. The only things I ever get are weird penis jokes slash facts from my mom oh, under a pseudonym. <laughs> so please, please, someone, anyone. Well, you know, this was technically addressed to me because Ava Listener was interviewing for the firm that I was um, interning at, but then your tips are for everyone, you know? There you but go. yeah, y'all, y'all should write into Megan too. And then I can weigh in, even though, you know, well, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what's it like going to court? And I'll be like, I think it, no, yeah. I don't actually know anything. Um, what have we not talked about? I guess we haven't talked about Lowe's, but we could skip it this week if we want. Or I mean, do you I'm, have any updates? I don't have really any updates or lows. I I think I've said everything that that is really happening in my life these days. The NPRE cramming oh, for yeah. it. <laughs> and that's about it. Potential job. Okay. I have I don't really have any true lows. Like as we've talked about my internship is done and I have this like break. So my low slash met is is not that I have a break, the break is the best, but it's just that I feel like I haven't been making the most of it. And I know that this is like my last summer break in life ever until retirement. And that's stressing me. It's making a lot, putting a lot of pressure on myself to like have fun, capital H, capital F, like have fun, Lydia. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, I'm tired. Um, (laughs) It's good. I just, there's too many things that I like should be doing. Like, um, things with the house and my new apartment. Oh, another update. Like I sold the house. I forgot. Oh, oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> without a lawyer, without a realtor. So this is an all cash offer. I drew up the papers. Um, what? 
myself. Yeah, it, we haven't closed, but it, there's a there's a, uh, a buyer purchase sale sale agreement purchase agreement. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, and they gave me their <laughs> um, earnest money deposit in cash. We are not even using escrow. This is just we are just doing this. Uh, with the co- Do you with know one much about this? Liked. Much about this buyer? Like, are they it's as the ambitious as you are? Yeah, I like them a lot. Yeah, and they're they're gonna they're picking up where you left off. Like, just yeah, it was the contractor who had given me the expensive quote, but you know, since they're not charging themselves labor, they'll do a great job. But I have to like oh. clear out the house. There's always just things I like should be doing with my precious vacation time. So, but that is that is a high that like that. Well, once it closes, it'll be a high. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but other highs include, other than the New York trip, um, where I also got to hang out with Billy and just explore the city. Um, and other than talking to avid listener, I have two other fun social things that I did. I got to meet up with a friend this morning and help them study trivia for Jeopardy because they were invited to uh, audition for Jeopardy. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, that was super fun. Um, I I helped them with Bible trivia because Bible stuff comes up a lot on Jeopardy and they didn't know anything about the Bible. And so <laughs> we had the most secular Bible study <laughs> this morning uh, at this coffee shop. And then the other fun social thing I did was a boudoir shoot for one of my... So these are both law school friends, the Jeopardy friend and the, the boudoir model for me. So it's just, you never know who you're going to meet in law school. Very cool people. I'll say. Yeah. So were you the photographer in the boudoir? Shoot? Yes, yes, yes. I was a, I was a photographer. Wow. A skill set really I didn't fun. know that you possessed. I had never done it before, but I was like, let's do it. I learned more and more about you. As the years tick by, <laughs> we can we can do one the next time we hang out if you want, or we can talk about that off air. Wow, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that's just another fun summer episode. And we love the summer episode, and in all yeah. likelihood, well, I guess we'll probably do one more episode before we both start back up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we can gear ourselves up for our very last first day of school ever. Wow. Oh, ah. I know. Oh. Nuts. Wow. Get and on that me. note, I must drive to Charlotte to pick up my husband who is returning <laughs> from a four day trip to the great north. Oh, yes. Oh, lovely. Please. It will be. Regards. Yeah, so I have another another three hours with uh, Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. All right. Talk to you later, friend. Bye, Bye Megan. Bye, Bye everyone. Listeners.